Welcome back to the Building Stewards podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Brooks, and I'm here to guide you on your stewardship journey through education, encouragement, and engagement. It has been a minute since I have published an episode. Thank you for being patient with me. I actually got COVID back in early November and had to self-quarantine. Thankfully, I didn't have any serious health complications arising from it. It was very much a mild flu for me, and thankfully my family is all right. So coming off of that, we transitioned into the holiday season and Thanksgiving. And so I am just now getting caught up in transitioning back into my routine. So I did not give up on the podcast. I am very much still wanting to, to create content for you. So one other thing I w- I'd like to note is there hopefully some quality improvements from your end as a listener that I'm excited to announce. I invested in some new gear and just wanted to improve the quality now that I've gotten some episodes under my belt. So thanks for sticking with me and some of the maybe poor quality episodes I'm excited for what the future holds. So again, before we get started, you can find the show notes in the show description. So if you want to follow up and see anything that I reference, be sure to check out the show notes. So Today, I thought it would be a great idea to cover thankfulness within personal finances. And the reason why this kind of struck a chord with me, one, it being uh, the season of Thanksgiving, and as we transition into Christmas, this is kind of a nice gap between the two holidays where it's a great time to reflect because we often don't take the time to reflect on what we have to be grateful for. And it's often hard to be grateful for where we're at financially, especially if we don't take the time to reflect on that. So again, like I said, this is such a great time to just be still and uh, maybe dwell in God's presence of all we have to be thankful for with Christmas and Thanksgiving in our rearview mirror and Christmas ahead of us. We're in this Advent season of preparing our hearts and looking towards Jesus as our hope. And before I hop into the things that I'm personally thankful for, I want to uh, give a good, I want to give a disclosure, and really I don't want the following items to really affirm a life of comfort, or the fact that I or you, the listener, are any more blessed than the next. We've all been blessed the same amount because we've been created by God and Christ interceded for us. Those two things um, has really leveled the playing field for all of us. And I know each person will have to endure their own trials, you know, within their faith walk. But I want you to know that we aren't promised an easy life, but rather the opposite. But as stewards, there's also a responsibility to do good works with what we have. And as I'm hopping into the things that I'm grateful for, I would love for you to to take mental notes of some of the things that you're grateful for. Um, Again, to really create that space to reflect and observe and kind of contemplate those items. The first thing I am thankful for is a roof over my family's head. And so we personally own, but if you own or rent, kind of count this as the same. If you have a place to call your home, this is something to be extremely grateful for. It is amazing the possibility when you don't have to worry about where you're going to lay your head at night. If you're going to have the proper heat or cooling uh, to be comfortable, or if you're going to have the proper safety um, and protection while you sleep. And for me here in the Midwest, there is so here in the Midwest, the dollar stretches a lot farther than maybe the East or West Coast. We tend to get more square footage and amenities than if we were renting. So it is definitely, for comparative purposes, cheaper than renting if you own a very modest house, which is what we do at this time. So it has allowed us a large degree of flexibility. Um, I know I've talked about this in past episodes, but 
uh, because we bought a modest house from the get-go, it has allowed me long-term to start my own business and for my wife, Amy, to stay at home with our kiddos. If we would have bought a house that was maybe stretching our budget and our finances, those probably wouldn't have been the case. So I'm super thankful for that within our personal finances. One thing that's been kind of cool with just owning a house as as it relates to personal finances is it really only makes sense to own a home if you're willing to do some of the maintenance on your own. If you're going to outsource everything, that's maybe a sign that you're not meant for home ownership and it can get very expensive. So for me, I have been able to acquire some basic and intermediate do-it-yourself skills, uh, just pulling up YouTube and doing some you know, diagnostic and basic maintenance, which has been super fulfilling when you're able to fix something um, and work on something with your own hands. Um, and then obviously there's the the cost savings of not having to outsource that. So that is something that is really neat from just having your own home. But again, if you rent a place, uh, your landlord's in charge of that. So that is a nice thing about renting that you don't have to worry about that. One little quick story of just being grateful about the things that we have within our home is actually our furnace went out uh, a few weeks ago and we were without heat for about uh, a day and a half. And you really take those things for granted um, if you have them every day and you know you can wake up to it and it's going to be there and it's going to kick on, whether it be your heat, whether it be your air, whether it be water or plumbing, you know, these things that we count on day in and day out, uh, you really take for granted until it goes out and then you're really grateful for it. So our furnace went out and we were super grateful uh, when that kicked back on. We did have some electric heat, but it still doesn't heat the house like, you know, central central air. So that was an event that brought the the gratitude back to us when it came to our house. And then finally, the one last thing I'll say about just you know, having a place to lay your head is the degree of compounding within your personal finances that can happen when you aren't trying to provide for your basic needs. So, you know, when you're trying to find just a, the basic need of, of where to lay your head, where to find shelter, that consumes every part of you, right? Because it's our basic survival instinct of, of safety. And so when that happens, you don't get to deploy really anything else towards, you know, growing and improving your, your circumstances. So that's one last thing I would say about, that's one last thing I would say about just being grateful uh, to have a place to call home is that it frees up much of our capacity to then reinvest and growing within our personal finances and other areas as well. The next thing I am thankful for is that we are called into a stewardship role. So as Christian, God calls us into a role of stewardship. Everything that we have in our possession, we are managers of. It all belongs to God, whether we're talking about our possessions, assets, time, expertise, anything, anything that we can dispose of and execute on, that belongs to God. And we've been given from him as a gift to steward and given with an expectation that we need to cultivate these things and and create a multiple of it. And I've talked about this in the past, that it's not just about making more. There's things that God's given us to enjoy, and so we definitely need to enjoy those things without this expectation. But for the most part, like we always need to be thinking about the things that we have at our possession and our disposal, like how are we managing this for God? How are we improving the kingdom, and how are we broadening the reach with what we have. So I'm thankful of just the stewardship role that we have. We get to reflect God's generous character 
in our role as stewards. And I think that's so awesome. And it's obviously a way that we get to stand out from the rest of the world in how we use what we have at our disposal. Um, We should be going against the grain of the world, and that should be a clear indicator. I'm thankful for work and the ability to earn an income. So work is good. Work was designed before the fall of man. You know, we were designed to work from the very get-go. And the evidence of this is how fulfilling it is when we're working, when we're using our hands, when we're using our mind, when we're collaborating. There is a deep satisfaction from that. And that's the way it was designed to be. God designed us to to work and cultivate and build up and, again, to create fruit from the ground. And in Genesis 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So we see from the very beginning that Adam was working. So I'm just thankful that I get to work and earn an income and provide, uh, but I get to do the work that I love. And I know that's not always the case for everyone I know work can often be monotonous, Um, it can be taxing, it can be stressful, there can be a lot of anxiety and toxicity that comes with it. I do think that we are called to do everything for God's glory, but I also think that we need to keep our eyes open when we're called to other areas as well, um, especially when it comes to work. So wherever you're working, work hard, do it honorably, do it with character and integrity, But if there is another door that maybe God has opened and is calling you to, definitely submit yourself to that and lean into that. I am thankful for education, and I'm also thankful for the access of information in this day and age. Uh, We can learn just about anything by hopping on the internet, and it is absolutely astounding. Um, If you were to tell your grandparents or your great-grandparents or their great-grandparents you know, that you'd be able to learn just about anything by just getting on this device and searching, you know, for the information. I think they would have a hard time wrapping their mind around that. So the fact that we have just about everything available to us to learn, uh, that is known, right? There's still a lot of things that God hasn't revealed, but the fact that we can learn just about everything that's available to us by hopping on the internet is a huge opportunity, and I'm super thankful for that. Um, A big part of my day, I don't claim to know everything, but if I need to learn something, I just hop on the internet. And that's part of my job as a financial advisor is just being able to find the information. A lot of people, I'll I'll tell them straight up, I I don't know the answer, but I can find the answer for you. And so that is something I'm super grateful for. And just the education I was able to receive just as, um, as I've gotten to this point in my life. And I know I can often take it for granted, and a lot of us can take it for granted, but we've accumulated a lot of skills and critical thinking through that education, which has gotten us to this point. And the fact that we can deploy that for benefit is, is a huge thing that we need to be thankful for. I am thankful to own a business. We live in a day and age where it also has never been easier to start and equip a new business. Now, I know there's various different types of business that have different requirements and, and initial outlays, but for the most part, it has never been easier to start a business. And God has revealed so much to me about being a business owner, and he's humbling me constantly about also being a business owner. Um, but one of the cool things is it's allowed me to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ through what I love to do. And so I'm super thankful for that. 
it has been so empowering not to answer to anyone except for God, to, to wake up and say, hey, God, what are we going to do today with your business? I know, again, not everyone desires to be a business owner or they don't have the ability to, um, in which they have to show up and be honoring you know, in their, their line of work and who they work for. Uh, but this is just something that I'm super thankful for that, again, I get to just incorporate just biblical advice just straight from the Bible to um, and through what I do as a career. And I am super grateful for that, and I'm excited to see what God does through this business in the near future. I am thankful for good health. And um, hear me out. I know this is, I don't want to, I don't want you to feel like I'm getting into any of the, the prosperity gospel, but good health has meant little to no medical costs for for my family, and I know some of those, maybe maybe you have chronic illness, and you see the burden of the, the repeat medical cost, and that can be taxing on someone's personal finances. So I'm, I'm grateful that we've had relatively good health, and that hasn't been a burden on our personal finances. Um, again, we can then redeploy um, that capital that we're not spending on medical costs and in other areas to, you know, hopefully strengthen the kingdom and uh, bring glory to, to God through our stewardship. One thing that I'm grateful for that is more of a, a past event per se is that our friends and family and community wrapped around us to help fund our adoption um, back in 2017. So what this did is it allowed us to not have to go into debt or seek other forms of financing for that adoption. And so our adoption cost all in about $25,000. And um, that seems to be the norm for, and that was just a domestic adoption. If you adopt internationally, you're looking at more than that because you're, you're traveling and you have just added expenditures. So um, I'm super grateful that everyone wrapped around us, the church wrapped around us. And this was a time that I've never seen the gospel so clearly, just everyone sacrificing and just loving us so well. Um, it is. It was really the generosity of God just on display right in front of us as we wanted to and started a family. And then one last point I actually didn't have in my notes, but I talked a little about it earlier, but I am super grateful that our personal situation allows for my wife Amy to stay at home with our two kiddos right now. And I know that not everyone has the desire to stay at home with the kids. Um, some people want to have a, a two-income family where both spouses work, and that's completely fine. I'm all for that. Work is good. There's different kinds of work. We're all called to different things. But for me personally, I'm I'm thankful that we had the opportunity and the ability to transition that way when Amy stepped away from working full-time. And it has just been super life-giving yeah, and that's just something I'm super grateful for that our personal finances have allowed that. And I don't want it to sound like it's it was an easy transition, and it's still hard. Um, just living off of one income, you have to be very cognizant and disciplined over just your expenditures. Um, there's less room for error. So I'm not saying that it is easy by any means, but just something I'm super grateful for. So those are a handful of things that I am grateful for as it pertains to our personal finances. I hope you were able to maybe do some reflection as maybe I was talking and some things came to mind. Um, and if not, maybe take some time during your next quiet time to really reflect on the things that you're grateful for. And it doesn't have to be 
um, connected to your personal finances. But if you can think of some things to be grateful for within your personal finances, I think it could be a great exercise. So um, yeah, and, and if you want to connect with me and, and let me know, I'd, l- I'd love to hear back from uh, you, the listeners, of, of the things that you're grateful for. So transitioning, we have our first mailbag question to answer, so I'm super excited. We have Josh from Florida asking, I'm a missionary evangelist, and my income is based off of donor support. That can fluctuate based off the donor's personal life. I would love to start generating passive income through investments. I do invest into mutual funds, but I would love to have income for my family now that can help provide. Do you have any advice? The risk-reward factor is what is making me nervous. So great question, Josh. I would love to, to dig into this question. We can definitely relate when my wife was working full-time with Young Life. She had the responsibility of fundraising. And so it was just hard. It was It's a hard gig to go around and ask for support and know that that support is typically contingent on the donor's personal life and even the economy at large. So can definitely relate and see some of the complexities within that. So real quick, just some brief education around passive income because I know there's a lot of initial misconceptions. So passive income is not passive, especially in the beginning. It either takes a lot of time or a lot of money up front to get to generating a passive income that you desire. So generating a passive income via utilizing time up front would look like building an online business or setting up some sort of structure up front that is going to be working for you and generating that passive income. Using money would look like investing, kind of like what you were talking about, investing that sum of money to where it is actually paying you um, income over a duration of time. So an investment portfolio is a, a great example, and you kind of reference that in your question. So my initial thought is there's really two questions that you need to ask when just starting to think about a passive income. Do you have any time or money to invest up front? Um, that's kind of the first question. Two, um, what is the amount of passive income you're looking to generate and supplement with your current income? I would really think about those two questions at first, um, and I think that would shed a lot of light on how to proceed with kind of solving this this puzzle. You did mention that the risk reward factor is what is making you nervous. So that is kind of concerning because when you look at having a investment portfolio that is generating passive income, that means you would tend to be on a more conservative level, which would typically uh, generate less income than a more aggressive portfolio because risk and reward are related. The more risk you take within investments, the typically the higher the reward and vice versa. So typically you see, you know, dividend yields anywhere from 2 to 6% depending on the type of investment. So, you know, from there you can do the math. If you had a $100,000 portfolio, you're looking at 2 to $6,000 a year in investment income in the form of dividends or interest. And so that kind of gives you some numbers and figures to look at, well, is that kind of sustainable? Does that meet, you know, my income needs that I'm looking to generate through passive income? And if not, then that's kind of when we need to start looking at other options. So on the other end of the spectrum, using our time to build something that's gonna generate passive income, this looks like starting an online business, um, doing affiliate marketing, Things that take a lot of time typically up front, but can generate a passive income quicker. Typically, there's going to be less risk involved on your end. 
and it, it can it can be something that continues to grow over time as you continue to cultivate it and invest into it. So those are just some of my thoughts around um, passive income. I love the question. I know a lot of people are looking to probably generate additional income to theirs, and this is just something I'm seeing a lot more of in our time right now, especially with the pandemic, is people that are just choosing to, to use this time and this extra time that they have to build something. So it could be a great option. Um, but also, again, you know, if you did want to go the investment route, that is definitely a viable option. You just have to figure out your risk tolerance and how much passive income you need to fit into your personal finances. And then you can kind of do the math and figure out what that looks like. So again, I hope that answers your question. If not, I would love to connect with you offline and get you some more information. So thanks, Josh. Alrighty, that's all I have for you today. Before you clock out, if you could remember to share this with anyone that you think could get some value from it, I would greatly appreciate you for that. Uh, maybe it's friends, family, maybe it's colleagues, anyone um, that you can think of would be appreciated. And you can share it word of mouth or you can just share it within your app that you're listening to. So I appreciate you. And until next time, the best is yet to come. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Because it is general in nature, it does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate, qualified professional prior to making a financial decision. This podcast is not engaged in legal, financial, or other professional services.